Hello and welcome to You Are Not Alone. You Are Not Alone is a 1v1 horror actual play podcast. I'm Blaine, your host and RPG-loving friend. Before we get started, if you like the podcast, please consider rating and reviewing us on whatever podcatcher you use. It really helps other folks find us. If you'd like to be a guest, recommend a game, or just say hi, you can find me on Twitter at notalone underscore horror, or email me at youarenotalonepod at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. This week, we're continuing our game of Haunted Hill Academy with Jeffrey Hayes. Haunted Hill Academy is a really awesome Powered by Fate game about teenagers at a haunted boarding school trying to balance exploring the supernatural with not flunking out. Such a cool game, and I had a ton of fun having Jeffrey run it for me. Haunted Hill Academy is coming to Kickstarter this October, October 11th to be exact. Definitely keep an eye out for that. Last episode, after Jeffrey and I talked a good bit about the game, we met Damien Ashforth IV. Damien's family has been going to Haunted Hill since it opened, so he had to go. But really, he just wants to be the singer in a punk rock band. We started with Damien in media res exploring the forbidden wing of the academy, being chased by some sort of giant serpent. As we wrapped up the session, the serpent had found Damien and was looming over him. With all that out of the way, let's jump in. So you are not able to hide in this moment. I think the first thing you feel is the change in temperature. As this thing gets closer to you, the room gets colder. You can feel like you know that feeling of when your breath is so hot it's the only heat around you yeah yeah you can feel your own body heat as it's being drained from you is the the warmest thing in this room right now as this thing looms over you you cannot see it but you can feel its presence it has found you i would like to cut back to earlier in the day feels good um <laughs> short short of making making this a 10 minute episode yeah i'm really i want to know more about what brought damien here to this moment i think we should i would like to see professor ivy's class i would like to see your morning class okay so when we do classroom scenes one unique thing about Haunted Hill Academy is it was once the house of a wealthy widow who had a lot of rooms in her house that were very specific. So there were sewing rooms and conservatories, but she also had like a seance room and an alchemy room and a room specifically for portrait painting. And it was in her will that when this school became uh, a school, that the classrooms maintain the purposes of the original rooms. So my question for you is, what room is Professor Ivy's class in? I, I, I love this fact about the game, too. It's, it makes for, <laughs> for uh, really wonderful moments. I like the idea of, because I don't know how many classroom scenes we'll get. I love the idea of this being in the portrait room. Mm -hmm. Just because I love, like, the creepy feeling of a classroom where like there's all of these like portraits hanging on the wall of 
you know, long past people just kind of staring at you as you try to study. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm going to say that these walls are absolutely covered in portraits. This is not a situation where each portrait has like its own moment on the wall. It's like just painting after painting after painting and just so many people on the walls behind you. I think that Professor Ivy is one of those teachers who likes to have everyone sit in a circle in the room, especially as she's talking about local folklore. She loves to read aloud about the stories uh, and have people share the stories in a group setting. And Damien, I think it is your turn for story circle today. You have been asked to read aloud from a text of your choosing. Did you remember? And if so, what text did you bring in? So I, I feel like Damien does actually like this class. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he did. Like, this is his class that feels the least like a class. Totally. Which is sort of appealing to him. So I think he found a, a local story. I guess to pull this all together, let's call it the Serpent of Greytooth. Mm-hmm. Greytooth being like a small hamlet nearby. And he found this story of like a really weird, creepy serpent creature that, you know, even like, it's almost, I think, being slightly rebellious, more akin to like urban legend and cryptozoology than full-fledged folklore. You know, much like Bigfoot, like the stories don't go back that far. Mm -hmm. But it's a lot of like locals who have talked about seeing this serpent when they're out at night. Cool. Yeah. Uh, What do you share with the class about it? What, What fact do you share that really catches everyone's attention? I think there's a story from maybe like 30 or 40 years ago. Um, That's the story that like a local farmer told that he came out. He came out one morning and found like all of his cows had died overnight. Mm -hmm. And they had uh, the farmer claims they had these like large serpent like bites on them. There's no like, police reports or anything that actually confirm that's what happened. But that's what this farmer claims that like, overnight the serpent of gray tooth came and killed all of his cattle. Excellent. I have to ask how, how is Damien telling this story? Is Damien detached when he tells this? Is he like saying all of this with increasing fervor? Is he like trying to scare the other students in the class? What's his angle? I th- I think it's like you know he w- he wants at least at some level to be a performer. So I think he like mm. when it's his turn to tell stories, he gets super into it. And I think it is like there's a small part of it that like he thinks it would be really cool if he he creeped everyone out. So he like gets a, like I feel like a little like. Vincent Price Hammy. Yes. When he tells these stories. Oh, I love that Vincent Price vibe. Is there potentially a student in particular who you want to win over with this story? 
Yeah, I think pull pulling in uh your your third third story <laughs> pitch. Uh I th- I think there's a girl in the mm-hmm. class. What we'll call her Marigold another good like New England family name. Marigold is extremely good. Let's just go Marigold Hawthorne. Hawthorne, yes. Ooh, so floral. Love it. Okay. Is is uh, another kind of like I don't think she's as legacy as Damien, but like she, her family has been coming to Haunted Hill as well. Yeah. For a while, and Damien would won't admit it because I think he feels too cool for that. Uh, but he's definitely got a little bit of a crush. And, you know, much like a a young man who has no idea, like, I don't think Marigold likes scary stories. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But, like, Damien thinks that, like, this performance could be the thing that, like, gets her to recognize him. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. We are going to roll not to find out how scary your story is, but to find out how much it resonates with Marigold in a way that could benefit you. Strengthen this this potential bond here. I would like you to make a star roll. I think that there is some stakes here, so I think this is difficulty two. All right, I'm going to set the dice I've been rolling aside because they have <laughs> been nothing but a disappointment to me so far. Uh, luckily, I have multiple sets of fate dice. Oh, good. There we go. Uh, so that is a two on the nose. Awesome. So that is a tie. Yeah, minus plus plus blank, uh, and then plus one. Mm-hmm. So a tie in this instance means you have a choice to make. You may choose to not impress her in this moment but instead get a boost, which is a special one-use aspect. So you'll be able to spend that for a plus two some point later down the line, and we'll decide together what the name of that boost is. Or you could decide to impress her, and something else bad will happen. I... The metagamer in me wants to pick the boost, (laughs) because I remember where we left Damien. (laughs) I think that's perfectly reasonable here. I love the idea of like these little light moments giving us boost for for further down the line that we're aware of. Yeah, I th- I think though what di- like I think I have to go with uh, he impresses <laughs> her, but there's something negative that happens because that feels awesome. Uh, if if Damien's gonna get eaten by a giant snake, uh, at least. At least he impressed Marigold Hawthorne before it happened. (laughs) Awesome. Cool. I would like to know from you, I I know I keep leaning on you for these questions, but do you want the bad thing to be mundane or supernatural? Um, (laughs) that is a good question. Uh, I feel like with where this flashback is leading us, I, I think supernatural probably is good here. Cool. All right. I'm going to narrate some stuff and then we'll settle the mechanical side in a second here. Perfect. So you tell this story and you 
are able to kind of catch Marigold's eye here and resonate with her. There's something about what's happening with this story. She catches your eye and there's there's this glean between the two of you for a moment. As you end your speech, Professor Ivy says, wonderful, wonderful story choice. I do love The Serpent of Greytooth. I think it's one that we could all stand to to talk about more often. One thing that you neglected to mention in your story that I would love to share with the class is kind of the motivations of the beast, the perceived motivations of the Serpent of Greytooth. The Serpent of Greytooth stories started uh, circulating around the same time that H.P. Lovecraft was beginning to become popular with his works. And, you know, there was this, this thought of things man was not meant to know. And... The Serpent of Greytooth uh, is an interesting twist on that in that it's a thing that does not want to be known by man, right? Uh, Something that punishes those who know of it. The more you know of the Serpent of Greytooth, the more you share with others of its being, the more it wants to hunt you down. And I think that's a really interesting part of the story. And I think we should all thank Damien for making us targets of the serpent. And there is a polite giggle around the classroom. In this moment, as she's saying that, there is a weird pang within you, and you feel something cold against your skin, and you look down at uh, your exposed forearm expecting to see something, and you see nothing. But Right there on your forearm, your skin feels cold and slick to the touch. We are going to create an aspect under your notes section on your character sheet, and we are going to call it Hunted. We will also create an aspect related to Marigold, and I would like you to tell me what that aspect is called. I like the idea of, of just calling it Intrigued. Mm-hmm. Where it isn't, I didn't necessarily like win her over by any stretch of the imagination, but she's at least more intrigued by me than she was in the past. Awesome. Cool. We'll call that she's intrigued and it comes with one free invoke. Uh, So free invokes are like fate points. They get used up but they can be used up for a plus two or a re-roll of your dice excellent awesome I would like to cut back to you and the serpent you are there you feel the serpent you feel this thing in front of you what are you doing in this moment um so I think like thinking back to the class and like, I, I don't know for certain that this is the serpent of gray tooth, but it certainly could be. And so like Damien's like, he's got his eyes shut very tight and he's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to tell them. I didn't, I didn't know that that isn't what you wanted. And I think that like, as just kind of a, like, I putting two like putting two and two together and hoping 
it's for I think I like reach up and try to grab the statue and like like thrust it out at the serpent hmm. thinking that maybe like maybe it wants this statue because it's a depiction of it. I don't know that that's the case, but it's certainly better than just letting it kill me. Yeah. I think this is amazing. What identity do you think this is rolling with? That is a good question. I almost want to say cadet because you are submitting yourself to a greater power and you're being subservient. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like that is very much like Damien's tail is between his legs. Yeah. He is just like begging for forgiveness and hoping that maybe this thing will not kill him. Cool. I'm going to say difficulty two. It's a simple thing, but the stakes are incredibly high. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. That is better than I've been rolling. Uh, That is a four. Oh, amazing. Okay. Yeah, that's great. You are stretching out this object toward this serpent that you are only beginning to see now in the dark, the outline of something in the darkness It's always so hard in the dark to tell what things are actually shaped like and how they're moving. And it's not, I think you misperceive for a second how far away it is. And you are maybe a little surprised when you feel something smooth next to your hand as this thing very gently and carefully with its jaws takes the statue from you. And then you feel warmth begin to come back into the room as this thing starts to recede from you. And you hear some very odd crunching sounds followed by a swallowing. And I think, I think Damien is so terrified that like, he's not looking he is just waiting until it is dead silent for a couple of minutes before like pulling himself out of this cabinet that he's like half curled up in. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would like to flash back again to earlier in the school day. I would like to know what Damien did for lunch at lunchtime. As in any high school tropey kind of thing, it is very important where you sit for lunch. So I think that there's kind of a group of legacy kids who are like the right people, quote unquote, to sit with. And I think elsewhere, kind of on her own, reading a book is Marigold. And those are kind of the two obvious options. But please, if there are any other options that you think should be present, I'm curious where Damien would sit. Oh, that is a good question. Has is the intrigued by Marigold enough for him? Yeah, I feel like after he gets his lunch, uh, he like goes over to the table that Marigold is sitting at. Cool. When you choose where to sit at lunch, your identities shift. 
I think choosing to sit next to Marigold, your identities are going to shift now. Your legacy is going to go down. And your nerd is going to go up. I like it. <laughs> legacy down to two. Nerd up to one. And I think I th- like... You know, the, the like socially proper thing to do would be to like ask if I could sit down. But I think with my core belief and like my lineage, my legacy here, I think that Damien does just kind of like sit down at the table. Cool. I think Marigold was in the middle of reading a book of poems and looks up at you, closes the book. And says, that was really something today. Is spooky stuff your thing or what? Oh, oh, thank you. And like, I, th- I think that like reflexively, I, I am imagining unlike like a normal punk rock kid who might have like spiky hair. I am imagining Damien with like a pompadour. Like trying to make it kind of cool by like shaving the sides uh, down a little bit, like a little bit more than would be standard. But it definitely has like a like a wave back kind of. Oh my god, I love it so much. Uh, So I think he kind of like it's like a goth pompadour. Um, Wow, that is my new band name. Thank you. Goth Pompadour, please welcome to the stage. Okay. <laughs> so I think he like reflexively like runs his hair, like his hand through his hair, kind of slicking it back a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I, yeah, my, uh, my, my grandfather really liked horror movies. Um, really likes horror movies. And uh, so I just kind of—it's always been around. It, you know, it seems it seems cooler than most other stuff. She kind of smiles and nods politely. She looks maybe a little awkward, like she doesn't know how to have this conversation, or if she wants to, she kind of taps her fingers on her book of poems. And I think like it—it it takes a moment for. Damien to really even have any concept of like maybe how to talk to a girl he likes. <laughs> and he's like, so what, uh, what, what were you reading? Oh yeah. Um, it's, it's just this book of, uh, poetry. Um, you're looking at it and it is, you know, written like on the front. It says literally book of poems. This book of poems that title is is handwritten and this book seems to be it's it's a bound book but it seems pretty old and it doesn't seem like it actually came from a publisher of any kind this seems like a a homebound project by somebody and she says yeah it's uh it's actually kind of a family thing um my uh my grandmother wrote a bunch of poems while she was in school here and i don't know i'm just kind of Curious what she wrote about. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Uh, what, what was the last poem you read? 
What was it about? She looks at you maybe a bit apprehensively, unsure if she wants to continue this. Give me a roll to make this happen. I think that this is probably a star roll based on how you're playing it, unless you can convince me otherwise. That, uh, yeah, that sounds right. The only other I could, the other thing I could think of is maybe like legacy as just like an appeal to the fact that we are both legacies. Mm-hmm. And before you roll, I need to establish the difficulty. I would you agree to, with me that this is high stakes? I think so. I think that yeah. despite both both being <laughs> legacies, uh, Marigold and Damien come from like very different worlds. Yeah. And would you agree with me that this is a difficult thing for Damien to do? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is not, <laughs> not his forte. And can we agree that this is also high pressure because you are being seen by everyone in the cafeteria? And if you get shut down here, you will walk away in shame. Oh yeah, that's that seems accurate as well. <laughs> then I think this has to be difficulty four. Okay, because yeah, I do also think that like the fact that I probably do normally sit at the legacy table and the fact that I snubbed them, like one hundred percent, they are all paying attention. Definitely to this interaction. Absolutely. <sighs> all right. Oh, I'm so scared. <laughs> And I just threw one of my dice across the room. I heard it. That was like an amazing ricochet moment. All right. So that is as it stands. So it is a a one on the dice. So two with the star. I think I might invoke she's intrigued. Yes. Um, as much as I would like to save that for a more useful thing later, <laughs> I feel like for Damien's sake, we need to use the free invoke on that to turn it into a four. Cool. Okay. So that ties with the opposition. Would you like to not achieve your goal here of making this conversation happen, but get a boost? Or... Would you like this conversation to happen, but I get to make something bad happen? I think we're going to go with the second option here again, because I feel like this is a good <laughs> a good option to seed. Like, getting her to talk about this book of poetry, I think, is an interesting option for the story to give us some ideas. Cool. For the present. Yeah. I need to know who is the person from the legacy table who is staring down daggers at you right now oh that's a good question so i feel like with that with where that question is leading we have two options Mm -hmm. it's either someone at the legacy table who has a crush on damien or someone at the legacy table that has a crush on marigold Mm -hmm. which of those oh actually what if you're not sure that's that actually that's a good one too. I would love it if you're just not sure which one of you they are envious of in this moment. I th- I I like that. That is a good a good option. Yeah. Um cuz that leaves us leaves us some wiggle room later. Mhm. 
so someone who has a crush on either Marigold or Damien, what is trying to come up with with yet another good New England uh, elitist name? <laughs> Let's say uh, Byron. Ooh. Byron Mayweather. Oh, these are so good. Byron Mayweather. Yeah, Byron is one of those guys who, like everyone is in the school uniform, but he's, like, his is somehow extra immaculate. There is not a hair out of place. He has, like, jet black hair, brilliant blue eyes that just pierce through. And those eyes look, he is staring directly at you with absolute heartbreak in his eyes. Aww. And you're not sure in this moment if he feels, I, I would say that the emotion is probably betrayal, and you're not sure what that means. But you are, you tell me, does this, I think that you have a lovely conversation with Marigold, uh, because that's what we rolled. But I am curious how much of this takes your attention away from this moment. I think it does make Damien flounder a little bit. Like he really wants to be having this conversation with Marigold and like he's half paying attention, but like also half like kind of constantly just looking back at Byron and like trying to figure out what's going on. Mm hmm. And so, like, the conversation with Marigold goes fine. <laughs> but I don't think it goes, like, as well as it could. Because, like, Damien's kind of distracted and, like, like I said, like, only really paying attention to, like, half of what Marigold is saying. Cool. So two things are going to happen. I think we're going to add the does Byron hate me aspect. And with Marigold, I think we can add back one free invoke to She's Intrigued. I think that does come up mechanically. And I think also, as per the poems, I think she's she gives you a sly look and says, okay, yeah, uh, the one I was just reading, um, I think I'm kind of at a turning point here. I think this is when things get a little different. Because uh, up to now, most of the poems have been, you know, some of them were kind of lonely because it was her first time, you know, far from home and all of that. But uh, for the most part, it was about like falling in love and school and stuff. But uh, this one, this one's really different with her style. And she turns it to you so that you can see. And the poem is two stanzas. Eight lines long each. Each line is made up of five words, so it's a very clear style. And each line of this poem, like, describes its words like, its phrases like long dark hallway and total blackness and regret and temptation. Some pretty, like, heavy themes in this poem coming out to you. Um, and the last line of the poem is just 
why, 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 why? Oh, that sounds like a, a poem that 15-year-old Blaine would definitely write. <laughs> yeah, I, I I hate to break it to you. I actually broke into your private diaries before this recording. I mean, it 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 I it does exist. So, <laughs> so yeah, I I think that Damien is like. Do you, do you think that maybe she's talking about like the Forbidden Wing there? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like, what else could it? Like, it's got to be right. Like, she's never talked about it. Like, she's never talked about. Honestly, she's never really talked about the school at all. So I don't know. Like, I told her I was coming here and she just completely changed the subject. Like, she actually, she went like catatonic for a second, I think. But then she just, yeah, anyway, I don't know. Um, So you kind of came up at an awkward time because that's like a lot to read. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sorry, I'll, uh. I'll 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 let you get back to it, and I no, think no, that please please stay. I I could really use the distraction. Honestly, it'd be nice to have an actual conversation. Okay. Uh, and I think Damien's kind of like awkward because like now he's relating like this stuff that he just learned about Marigold's grandmother to like his experience with his grandfather earlier this summer. Mm-hmm. And so I think he's kind of like quiet and pensive for like a couple beats where he's just kind of like staring off and like tapping his lip. Yeah. Cool. I think we can cut back to you and the serpent in the room as we come back into you in your silence. I think that you probably had a very strong memory of the normalcy of lunch as you were kind of huddled in this very different room right now. That makes sense. Uh, so yeah, I think once like once a few minutes have passed after like the sound of crunching, I would then get up and kind of go to the door. Since I feel like this, this room has kind of given me everything it's going to give me. Okay. And still like, I, I I like I feel like the reason Damien is here and like we'll probably delve into this more in flashbacks but like it's certainly tied to his plaguing question. Yeah. And I feel like after that experience that Damien's like all right well like that was that was terrifying but I don't think the serpent was the dangerous thing. Mhm. So I think he goes back out to the hallway. Uh, and is going to explore further. Cool. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to decide. No, I think, uh, yeah. You go and you open this this door. Your flashlight, however, is not flickering back to life. And this hallway is very dark. Probably have a smartphone on you if you want to use the flashlight function on that. But that will maybe be a problem if you want to rely on that for calls and such. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably not great, but for now, I guess maybe 
instead of turning the flashlight on, um, maybe just like turning the screen on and using that as like a, like the illumination is nowhere near as good. Yeah. But it's at least some light. Yeah. You gotta love, you gotta love the aesthetic of old house with blue light from a cell phone screen. Yeah. Yeah, someone who who lives in a in a creepy old house um, with no <laughs> light, like right by my bedroom door, uh, I have I have used that strategy a lot, and it's creepy. <laughs> Love it. As you illuminate this hallway, you see something that you saw earlier, which is this is a hallway uh, with three doors on either of the long sides and one door on either of the short sides. So it's there's, this is a hallway connecting two other rooms and there's, you know, three rooms, six rooms total kind of in between here. So you, let's say if we were looking at this on a map, you'd be on like the left-hand side of this hallway right now. Do you, where do you want to go from here? Have I, I guess the first question would be, have I looked in any of the other rooms before before this experience my feeling is you probably came into this hallway and took the first room you could to get away from that thing okay uh so i think that like still being like this is my first foray into the forbidden wing Mm -hmm. so i think i'm still kind of in like i mean i know there's something weird here i don't know what it is so I'm just kind of going to try and check every every room possible until I figure out what my grandfather was talking about. Um, so I think I would just go right across the hall. Okay. To like, if I just did the first door on the left, uh, now I will do the first door on the right. Excellent. As you approach this heavy wooden door uh, with a very cold doorknob, what is your what are you most thinking about as you turn this doorknob? Hmm. I I think that like as as a way of Damien kind of stealing his resolve for this exploration, um, I think that he's actually like trying to almost like uh like the prayer in dune fear is the mind killer i think he's <laughs> reciting the couple of lines he can remember from marigold's grandmother's poem ooh in his mind over and over again um so like you know uh long dark hallway regret and temptation and then ending with why 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 and just kind of saying those over and over again in his head. Wow. That is extremely powerful. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Damien, as you open this door, there is a very different room in front of you. This is, I don't know if I could call this a room. You're in the basement of the forbidden wing. Um, and, this looks like someone started to construct a room here and then just kind of gave up. There is kind of 
like this is dug into the actual cliffside of uh, the terrain beneath the academy. This is like a a dugout, like a, a an underground cave, essentially, with what looks like a pool of stagnant water, kind of in the center, and it's this weird cave room with on like ahead of you there are three different tunnels that seem to go further into this underground cave feature in this room there are also a lot of like boxes full of tools it looks like like there's some boxes with pickaxes but then what might be like swords that are in sheaths. Like it's unclear how much of this is mining equipment and how much of this is like weaponry. Interesting. I, so I feel like the first thing I would do seeing these boxes of tools would be to like, look around and see if I could find like, I I guess really, I don't know how, how long these have been here. Um, but like something that makes light. So whether that be like a new flashlight or like lantern. Yeah. You definitely find some old like oil lanterns that you're able, you can, you can light a lantern in here. Yeah. And then I think like I would start to walk away, but then like maybe go back and take a weapon. I don't think that's like necessarily like, it is definitely not his first thought, but then like, as he's walking away, he's like, I just came face to face with it to like the, the serpent of, of great tooth. Like what else might be here? And not that I have any clue how to use a sword, mm-hmm. but like, you know, it, it feels safer having a sword. <laughs> yeah. Arguably, if I have no idea how to use it, it probably isn't safer. <laughs> yeah, but Damien doesn't know that. But like I'm still a 15-year-old. Yes. Like of course I'm going to take a sword. You're a 15-year-old who is going to turn down a sword? That is the most dis- suspension of disbelief that I need to like no, absolutely. You're taking a sword. So I have a sword and a lantern now. Yeah. Can you describe for me the sword that catches your eye? I think, oh, you know, it might be interesting. See how this strikes you. Yeah. Like, so like looking in the box of swords, like there are some generic ones, but then maybe there are some swords that have family crests. Yeah. Designed into the hilt. And since... The uh, Ashforth family has been coming here for so long. Maybe one of them actually has like the Ashforth family crest. Oh, hell yeah. What is the Ashforth family crest? I need to know this. That is a good question. I feel like with a name like Ashforth, like I feel like it's got like a, a like red background, mm-hmm. uh, like a red field. And I think that, like, this item is old enough that, like, it's probably very faded. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, the iconograph of a flame with, like, a log being fed into the fire. Ooh. That's, yeah, that's really good. 
and other than that, I think it's it's one of the like plainer emblazoned swords. Like some of them get real fancy, and this one is like a more standard sword, but like just with that crest, like emblazoned where the sword meets the hilt. Yeah. Okay. This is awesome. I'm very, very excited. Oh my god, I have so many questions about the story moving forward. It's fine. Okay, (laughs) great. Love this. Here for this. I think we should make a roll, because you are obviously getting this sword, but I am curious to see if maybe you attune to this sword in some way when you take it. Uh, I like that. Could you give me a legacy roll, please? Difficulty, uh, well, you tell me, does this feel high stakes to you or not? Honestly, I don't know if it does, like... Yeah, no, I believe that. I think difficulty one. Uh, with Damien not being super into, like, wanting to come here and fulfill his legacy. Uh, so that is a three. Okay. Yeah, we're going to create uh, an aspect related to your relationship to this sword. Do you have an immediate thought? Because I do. I, let's see if these line. I like. I have the the like kind of phrase that came up to me is like begrudging wielder. Ooh, okay. Where like I have this sword, and like obviously it ties into my legacy, but like, yeah, no, whatever, whatever that means is, is not super important to Damien. I actually really like that. I had something that was a little more tied to the sword itself, but I really like this idea. All right. So begrudging wielder. Yeah, that. Wow. I really like how we're defining Damien with this. Okay. Damien, is there anything else that you do in this room? Uh, so I think like with this idea of begrudging wielder, like I think that Damien kind of like, sees himself in the like pool of water and like his hair, he sees his hair is disheveled and he's holding this sword. And I think the first thing he does is actually like fix his hair Hmm. as opposed to like acknowledge this sword in any way. Okay. I, oof. (laughs) Before we go any further, there is something that is weighing on me. Which is, you came in here with someone, and that person is no longer with you. And you have picked up a sword and fixed your hair. I am really curious how Damien is feeling about this person who is no longer with him right now. And I think we need to flash back and figure out who it was who went into the Forbidden Wing with you. All right, I like that. So, I would like to pick up It's After School. I see two prime candidates in my head right now who might have gone in with you, and that is Marigold or Byron. I, uh, those were the exact same two I was thinking of. <laughs> Could it be because they're the only students we've defined? Who's to say? Could be, but I feel like even if we defined like a hundred other students, it would still be Marigold and Byron. It's true. It's true. So, Damien... Here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking you have just finished this school day. Other things happened, of course, like you probably had. It's the second week of school. You've got some more introductory reading. You've did some things and, you know, it was a full school day and you are on your way 
back to your room to do your homework. But I think lunch and and your morning class really are the things that are sticking out for you right now. Those moments really hit you in a way. And as you're coming into the Great Hall, heading toward the dormitories, you are passing by the Forbidden Wing. And in the Great Hall, not right next to the Forbidden Wing, you know, mingling with other students, but I think they both catch your eye. To your left, you see Marigold talking to some of her friends. To your right, you see Byron. And for both of them, as you see them, time kind of stops for a moment. Which way do you go? <clears throat> Who do you talk to in this moment? Oh, that is such a good question. So, ah, let's. So I think, like, Damien sees them both and he's thinking, like, which, like, th- this could be important not understanding just how important it may end up being. But I think that like Damien's like, all right, like lunch with Marigold went really well, or maybe not really well, but at least (laughs) kind of okay. And if I go over to Marigold right now, like I might screw that up. Like Mm. how many, and like, kind of the mechanics bleeding into the narrative. Like I had to use an invoke to keep that going. So like (laughs) it was by the skin of my teeth. And so like, I think Damien's like, if I go over there again, I might screw everything up. So I think he heads towards Byron. Cool. Yeah. You head over toward Byron. He's talking to someone and he literally just stops talking to them and looks at you. That nameless extra that we never learn about who I'm sure has a rich inner life just walks away from the conversation. (laughs) And Byron looks at you and goes, uh, Hey, Hey, Hey man, I, uh, this is, this is kind of awkward. Uh, I, when we were at lunch, I saw, like, you gave me a look, and I've been thinking about it all day, and I just wanted to, like, come talk to you and see what's up. Okay, this is absolutely a role. <laughs> what identity are you using? How are you trying to relate to him? <sighs> um... I feel like maybe it is, how do I want to do this? Mm -hmm. I think that it's probably, I don't think it's legacy. Yeah, which is interesting because that is your highest and that feels like the obvious choice, but it doesn't feel like where Damien's head is at right now. Yeah, I feel like maybe it's going to be star. Okay, I... I just want to float this to you. I know it's lower, but honestly, I, I was getting jock energy from it with like the the hey man, and I just want to see what's up. Like, yeah, actually, I do think that's probably like more of a like. I feel like I like even though I've been sitting at the legacy table, 
I feel like maybe I don't know Byron that well. Mm-hmm. And so like, there's a lot of just kind of like standard, like dude posturing here Yeah, of like, I don't know like what he's into or anything. So like, I don't know how to relate to him on a different level Yeah, than just like falling back into like, this is how, this is how dudes talk to each other. Oh man. So much is coming up for me. I feel this. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, Okay. Is this, I'm going to say this is difficulty one. Okay. All right. Let's see. This is a plus zero. So we're going to see where the dice fall. Mm -hmm. Oh, that is a negative one. Okay. Do you want to spend any fate points? Can you spend any fate points that make sense here? I guess. I mean, I do. I I haven't spent any fate points so far. Yeah. Which has been interesting. We haven't done any spending or compels, which from one standpoint, I'm like, oh, I want to show off the game mechanics. But on the other standpoint, it just has made sense for the story. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I feel like in this kind of ties into my core belief of like, I deserve everything I want. Like I want to know why it seems like Byron might hate me. Ooh. Yeah. It's so interesting to get that with, I deserve everything I want. I deserve to know why this is that really tinges this in a way that kind of takes these pure intentions and kind of bitters them a little bit. It is a little, it's a, like a very, very much entitled brat mm-hmm. uh, kind of thing of like, you know, this is people, people don't keep information from me. Uh, that's just not how I was raised. Oh, what an interesting thing. At least like the people that I'm used to interacting with in like a way that isn't just being told what to do. Yeah. Oh. I've been in that interaction where someone's like, I just want to see what's up, but they feel like they deserve to know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a it's not a comfortable place. Cool. So yeah, that's gonna I feel like that's a, a Damien Ashforth the fourth oh, thing. God, I forgot his he's the fourth. How dare you? This crime you have committed. Okay. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Damien Ashforth the fourth. you check in with this person in a way that demands honesty. You spend that fate point to succeed here. Tell me honestly, factoring in this fate point we've spent, is your goal to find out what's going on or is your goal to smooth things over and make this problem disappear? I think it's more to smooth things over. Like, I think that Damien, despite being a a little bit on the douchey side, uh, legitimately doesn't like people like being mad at him. Yeah. I think he is, I mean, as as established kind of by like, even him, just him coming here. Like, I think that Damien is largely a people pleaser. Yeah. Okay. I, oof, I recoil at that. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I think that 
Byron looks at you. There's a moment of something in his eyes, but before you can really find what that true emotion was, it disappears. And he gives you a smile and goes, ah, yeah, no, man, it's, uh, yeah, no, no, we're good. Um, I, I don't know why I just assumed that you'd be sitting with us. You can sit wherever you want, obviously. Um, but yeah, no, no, everything, nothing's up. We're chill. Uh, was just surprised when you didn't come sit with us. That's all. Cool. I'm, I'm glad I don't want to, you know, I'm, I, obviously I'm I'm new here. I I don't wanna No, yeah. I don't yeah, wanna, for sure. I don't wanna upset you. Like you seem like a cool dude. I'd I'd like to get to know you better. Um and I just I just wanted to make sure that we're all we're all good. Yeah, definitely. Uh cool. Thanks for uh thanks for that. And there is some awkwardness here, but you do believe him when he says well, I mean, do you believe him? I I think I'm trying to convey that he's being as believable as possible with like, we're good. Something else is going on, but we're good. I think that like, for the most part, I believe him. Yeah. Like, I, th- I think that like, you know, being a, a 15 year old in a new scenario, like I, uh, I probably th- always think that there's something wrong. <laughs> yeah. So like, I believe him in as far as like, I'm sure that there's some, like some shit there. Uh, but for the most part, we're cool. Cool. I think based on how this interaction went, there is a very clear answer in my head to what happens next, which is as you, turn away from him and he goes off. You see Marigold looking around to see if anyone can see her as she is attempting to cross over a very precarious barrier. If you can even call it that the thing that separates students from the forbidden wing, which is an open archway with stairs leading down. The only thing that separates people is two metal stanchions and a velvet rope and a sign hanging from the rope that says forbidden wing, please do not enter. And she is stepping over that velvet rope. And she is mid step when she catches your eye with a deer in the headlight kind of look, you are the only one aware that she is heading into the forbidden wing in this moment. Thank you to Jeffrey for the really cool game and agreeing to run it for me. And thank you to you for listening. If you like what you heard, be sure to head over to Kickstarter on October 11th to support Haunted Hill Academy by Jeffrey Hayes. Our theme song is Everybody Knows My Name by Harley Poe. Thank you to Joe Whiteford for letting us use it. Join us on October 1st for the final part of Haunted Hill Academy with Jeffrey Hayes. Until then, remember that you are strong. You are beautiful. And you are not alone. Careless lies to me They don't fear what they don't know